Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, buddy. Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.03 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening as always in a great race day lined up for you today as we've got NASCAR, we've got IndyCar, and we've got both covered here on today's edition of Fast Track. The IndyCar season kicking off today in St. Petersburg, Florida, the 2019 campaign. About to get underway this afternoon, and NASCAR's West Coast Road Trip rolls on. Week two of the three-week NASCAR Goes West trip, and they're in Phoenix today. And as you heard at Derek's update, we will have the race right here on WGR, the Ticket Guardian 500 at the ISM Raceway, the old Phoenix International Raceway. And coverage, I believe, starts at 2.30 this afternoon, courtesy of our friends at the Motor Racing Network. And speaking of MRN Radio, Woody Kane's going to join us. From MRN at the bottom of the hour on today's program to give us a little preview and talk all things NASCAR at 11.35. Before then, we will talk some IndyCar 2. Jim Aiello from the Indianapolis Star, IndyStar Motorsports Insider, will join us at quarter past the hour here to give us a look into the IndyCar world heading into the 2019 season as they have a lot of good news, just a lot of good vibe around IndyCar the last couple of years uh, as, the sport, as the series continues to uh, get stronger, more teams get added to the sport. They've got a new TV deal with NBC and NBCSN providing them lots of coverage and then the Indianapolis 500 moving over to NBC this year. So a lot of good vibe out of the IndyCar world going into the 2019 season and their year kicks off today at St. Petersburg, Florida. We also have time for you, too, of course, because the phone lines are open at 803-0551-888-550-2550. Phone lines open here. Anything going on in the world of motorsports you want to talk about, it's uh, on the table here for you this morning on Fast Track. You can also send us your tweets at Fast Track 550. At Fast Track 550, we're also on Facebook, too. Facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. And since it is the month of March, we're creeping closer you know, we're, what, we got 60-degree weather coming up later this week, I think I saw. Uh, we're creeping closer to local racing season, and we are in, officially in uh, car show season, I guess you could say, here in western New York and southern Ontario. Lots of car shows, lots of mall shows going on here over the next couple of weeks. Um, the uh, big motorsports expo going on in Syracuse this weekend. Uh, the Canadian Dirt Tracks have a mall show this weekend. We've got the Ransomville Mall Show coming up uh, in the first weekend of April. So we, the, you can tell we've reached that next step in the preseason here leading up to the outdoor racing season here in western New York where uh, we're starting to get a look at some 2019 paint schemes and uh, a lot of the schedules are out for this year, so we're creeping ever so closer. And there was some racing this weekend. Of course, last weekend we talked to Andy Jankowiak about racing at indoors at Syracuse this weekend. That went down Friday and Saturday. 
and we'll talk more about that later in the hour, but some good runs for the Western New York TQ Midget drivers that went to Syracuse for the first uh, indoor race there at the New York State Fairgrounds as part of the um, excuse me indoor auto racing champ, uh, TQ Midget Championships. Uh, the final round of that three-race series was in Syracuse this weekend, and again, some good runs for the Western New York contingent, including Andy J, again, who we talked to on the show last Sunday. But again, phone lines are open here at 803-0551. 888-550-2550 as the IndyCar season kicks off today in St. Petersburg and everybody looking at defending series champion Scott Dixon as he leads the series uh, into the 2019 campaign. Another year here with Chip Ganassi racing as Dixon uh, begins the year with uh, or looking to uh, kick off his title defense and a quest for potentially sixth championship in IndyCar, looking to go back-to-back, which is something he's never done in his career. He's got championship wins in 03, 08, 13, 15, and, of course, last year in 2018. And he'll do it with a new teammate this year in Swedish driver uh, Felix Rosenquist, uh, who moves over. He did a lot of racing over in Europe and across the globe, uh, touring cars, Formula E, uh, lots of experience in numerous forms of racing, and he is the new uh, co-driver there at Chip Ganassi Racing, uh, along with the reigning series champion Scott Dixon. Of course, the Ganassi team, one of the big power teams in any car, and they'll have their f- usual foes over at Penske Racing and Will Power, who is on the pole for today's race at St. Petersburg. Uh, the 2017 series champion will be, or excuse me, that was just a new new gunner. I'm sorry, Will Power, the 2014 series champion. Uh, leads the Penske contingent along with former champs Joseph Newgarden and Simon Pagano, who, uh, of course, they had that run from 2014 to 2017, winning three out of four championships those years. And then you've got, of course, the Andretti Autosport, the other big team in IndyCar, and they have a familiar lineup here in 2019 with Marco Andretti, of course, Ryan Hunter-Ray, the former series champ, Alexander Rossi, the former Indy 500 champion, and Zach Veach. Uh, the kind of the young gun of the uh, Andretti Autosport bunch, the t- three big teams in IndyCar. But then you've got a, a lot of uh, good mid-level teams and a, a couple of teams on the rise in the sport as well, too. With, of course, you've got the Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports team, which is led by Canadian James, James Hinchcliffe. He'll have a new team driver this year as well. As uh, you all, I'm sure, are aware, uh, of course, Robert Wicken started out last year a huge uh, start off to his rookie season last year for Schmidt-Peterson. Had some great runs early on. We had him on the program. And then was involved in that horrific incident at Pocono later on in the summer. And uh, some uh, uh, s- Suffering some serious injuries, including a spinal cord injury. Uh, He is uh, relearning how to walk and uh, obviously out of the car right now. But uh, he'll be at St. He's been at St. Petersburg this weekend, just being around the paddock and uh, getting uh, to see all of his friends in the IndyCar world this weekend, which is great news. But of course, his seat has been taken over this year by another Swedish driver, Marcus Ericsson, who most recently, of course, drove in Formula One. Most recently, and uh, he has made the shift over to IndyCar this year, and he'll be the team driver to Hinchcliffe there at Schmidt Peterson Motorsports. And then you've got you know some of the other mid-level teams: Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan Racing with Graham Ray Hall and Takuma Sato, Ed Carpenter Racing uh, with Carpenter, uh, Ed Carpenter, the team owner and driver, and Spencer Piggott. Uh, Dale Coyne, of course, with Sebastian Bourdais. They've got a new rookie co-driver as well, too, in Santino Ferrucci. A.J. Foyt Racing with Tony Kanan and Matthias Leist, who's back for his second season. Then he got some of the newer teams that have come to the sport just the last couple of years. Carlin Racing uh, with uh, Max Chilton and Charlie Kimball and, and 
Uh, also, uh, Harding Racing, which had an impressive start to their year, and they've got a uh, car- partnership with George uh, with Steinbrenner, one of the Steinbrenners, and it's a Harding Steinbrenner Racing, and they've got a rookie sensation on their hands, potentially an 18-year-old Colton Herta, who has uh, kind of shocked the IndyCar wool here in a preseason test at the Circuit of the Americas. Uh, he was fastest in three out of the four practice sessions, really turned some heads. He had a strong qualifying effort yesterday at St. Petersburg, uh, but then a, uh, a penalty uh, during the uh, qualifying session for impeding the progress of another driver took him out of the chance to win the pole for today's race, but still, uh, Colton Herta's uh, off to an impressive start. So a, a lot of strong talent uh, throughout the IndyCar paddock, the big three teams, and then you've got some of the other teams that have been around a few years, and then you've got... The, the, some of these newer teams that have entered the sport last couple of years, and it's uh, a great mix of talent and uh, definitely uh, a lot of good things uh, surrounding IndyCar uh, heading into the 2019 season. Much like they had a great 2018, uh, it continues um, into the 2019 season. A couple more schedule changes this year for IndyCar as well, too. Of course, last year we unfortunately lost our uh, race at Watkins Glen, after uh, the folks at the Glen and Indy Car couldn't come to terms on a new date, they wanted to get out of the Labor Day weekend slot. Uh, there wasn't much luck there. There is, we've been told in the past by Michael Printip, they hope to maybe get back on the Indy Car schedule in 2020 or 2021. But of course, we still have the race in Toronto, which uh, has been on this uh, part of the IndyCar schedule for for decades now. Um, they'll be back in Toronto in in July 14th for the traditional uh, Honda Indy Toronto there at Exhibition Place. Uh, the final race of the year has also changed. The IndyCar series is kind of wrapped up at um, the Sonoma Raceway the last couple of years, but that's a change this year. Now, uh, the final race of the season IndyCar still will be in California, but it'll be at the historic uh, Laguna Seca, the uh, WeatherTech Raceway there at Laguna, T- uh, Laguna Seca, the iconic road course out there in California. That is the new championship race for the IndyCar schedule. Uh, so it'll be two West Coast races to uh, wrap up the IndyCar season once again. As of course, last year Portland took the Watkins Glen spot on the schedule Labor Day weekend, and then they'll wrap up the season three weeks later at Laguna Seca this year instead of Sonoma. Uh, when you look at the schedule, rest of the schedule for IndyCar after St. Petersburg, uh, then they will of course head to Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, for the first time ever. Uh, for an IndyCar race, which, of course, hosts the uh, U.S. Grand Prix every year for Formula One. IndyCar will make their debut there at March 24th. Then they head to uh, Birmingham, then the traditional uh, race at Long Beach. Then you head to the month of May, of course, and things head over to Indianapolis in the Brickyard. You've got the uh, the Grand Prix race on the road course there at Indy, uh, Mother's Day weekend, May 11th, and then, of course, the 103rd running of the greatest spectacle in racing in Indianapolis 500, Memorial Day weekend. And again, that will be on NBC this year, first time ever on NBC after that race was on ABC going back to the 1960s, then uh, the traditional uh, trip to Belle Isle in Detroit for the doubleheader after Indianapolis, uh, Texas, then they go to Road America, then the aforementioned Toronto race. Uh, the short track at Iowa, mid-Ohio, then Pocono in August, followed up by Gateway, which is a, a great date. Uh, they get a great great support there at uh, Gateway Motorsports Park near St. Louis. And then again, they wrap up their schedule in September with the two races out west with Portland and Laguna Seca. So uh, I'm always, I always get excited here at the start of the year. Uh, obviously, we try to follow IndyCar a little bit here on the show, but don't cover it as in-depth as obviously NASCAR and some of the local stuff we do, but still, I always find it a fascinating uh, series to watch. 
with the amount of technology, not as much as, say, Formula One, but still the cars are fascinating. And uh, the, the series, again, just I just like the positivity around it, surrounding it after we deal with all the, the negative and all the controversy in NASCAR on a week-to-week basis. It's fun just to have some positive vibes uh, just to talk about IndyCar and, and everything that they've got going for them, although there's still plenty of controversy from time to time. Uh, in the IndyCar series. And they're a little bit in qualifying yesterday uh, as they lined up the field for today's race at St. Petersburg. A couple of drivers uh, had some penalties for uh, uh, impeding other drivers' progress or causing a uh, a local caution, which uh, voids their two fastest lap times. And a couple of drivers really felt the sting from that. Uh, Takuma Sato failed to move on to the second round of qualifying because of that. And then, uh, as we talked about, um, the rookie, uh, Colton Herta, uh, had a shot to maybe go for the pole go away because of that rule. As we look at the uh, starting lineup for today's race at St. Petersburg, Will Power on the pole alongside his teammate Joseph Newgarden. The uh, Ganassi cars in row two with rookie Felix Rosenquist and Scott Dixon in row two. Then you got the Andretti cars of Ryan Hunter Ray, Alexander Rossi. Jack Harvey, Charlie Kimball, James Hinchcliffe, and Graham Rahal round out the top ten starters. Then you've got rookies Colton Herta and Ben Hanley who is uh, a rookie, even though he is 34 years of age and is an experienced uh, driver over in Europe. He has uh, made the move over to IndyCar uh, this year, driving for Dragon Speed Racing. That's your top 12 starters for today's race. And with that, we're going to go to the Western Hotline and bring in from the Indianapolis Star, uh, Indy Star Motorsports insider, Jim Aiello joins us. Jim, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning and happy start to the IndyCar season. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, nice to join you. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's finally time. I, I a few days ago, it's nice to finally be able to stop talking about what the IndyCar season might be like and, and, and actually have some races to talk about. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, we'll have to ask you a few more questions on what the season might be like here, Jim, as we kind of preview the season with you as it kicks off today in St. Petersburg. And again, um, it's it's nice, you know, dealing with, with all of NASCAR's issues on a day-to-day basis. It's nice to, to talk about IndyCar because it just seems like Kind of like going into last year, this year as well, too. A lot of positivity surrounding the series, a new TV deal with NBC, more teams and drivers and, and Formula One drivers getting involved in the sport. And again, just a lot of uh, happy thoughts here coming into the IndyCar season. Absolutely. A lot of positive momentum. I think the, uh, the NBC deal with you know, them being the exclusive broadcasting partner of, of IndyCar in the United States is going to be it's going to be really big. I mean, NBC has really taken on the, the mantle and the responsibility of what that means in terms of trying to promote IndyCar all the time across all of its platforms and, and using, you know, talking about it during the NFL playoffs when that was going on and during the Super Bowl and during golf and, mm-hmm. and doing everything. I mean, you're, you're seeing plenty of IndyCar promotion now. And that's NBC has really, really um, embraced being the, the sole provider of IndyCar. And that's really going to help. And then, like you said, you have a lot of talented drivers coming around. I mean, this is kind of, this is kind of the year you could look at it as a, somewhat of like a, a European invasion. You know, you mm-hmm. have you have Marcus Erickson, who's a really talented guy. He came to the next Formula One driver. He's with uh, Schmidt Peterson Motorsports, who looks to be taking a, a big step up. They kind of want to make that big three that IndyCar has, a big four, with all the money that they've been spending in the off season. And and then uh, you have Felix Rosenquist, who I can't remember a guy who came into this came into the series with more hype. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I mean, this is a guy that I was talking to Alexander Rossi the other day, and he's like, man, yeah. I, I said something about him being maybe a sleeper. He's like, oh no, no, he's no sleeper. He's going to win races this year. So. That's uh, that you got that, and then of course you got Fernando coming in for the 500 again. So yeah, a little bit of a European invasion coming here. So it's, it should be a very very exciting season. What is the reason for these drivers coming across uh, coming across the pond like this? Is it just better money, better opportunities in IndyCar? Just 
what is the reason for these guys coming across? The chance to win. The chance to win. I mean, I think anybody that watches Formula One races knows that if you're not part of one of the two or three you know best teams, you really don't have much of a chance to win. I thought one of the cooler, one of the more interesting stats on a guy like Marcus Erickson is that during in 2015, uh, he actually finished ahead of Fernando Alonso in the point standings in Formula One, and that was during Fernando's first year at McLaren. So that I'm not saying Mar- that's not to say that Marcus is a better driver than Fernando Alonso, but it is it does kind of give you a pretty clear view of. If you don't have the car, there's not a lot you can do. Fernando Alonso was one of the most talented drivers in the world, and that's what happened to him. And they were, I mean, this is, we're talking about Marcus finishing him ahead of the points, and that's like, I think it was like 14th and 15th in the points in Formula One. So, really, if Marcus has been talking a lot about that recently, is that he came here, he knows now that he has a chance to win every time he goes out there on the track, especially with the team that he's got. But you got 11, 12, 13 different drivers who enter every race weekend with a legitimate chance to win. Well, you talk about uh, all the different teams and new faces, but uh, can you tell me how we're not going to see a champion come from either Penske Racing or Chip Ganassi <laughs> Racing this year? Just looking back at the last five years, Dixon's got uh, three championships, then the three Penske drivers each winning a title. Uh, how does a series champion this year not come from one of those teams this season? That's interesting, and you know what? I mean, if you're if you're if you're putting money down on it, you definitely bet on one of those three teams, right? But I guess the the way I would say is if if it goes back to what I was talking about before. Uh, Aeroschmidt Peterson Motorsports might be your kind of underdog sleeper team of the year in that Aero, Aero the, their sponsor, came on and said, you know, even after James Hinchcliffe missed the 500 last year, they mm-hmm. said, we're not leaving you. In fact, we're going to double down. And, and they invested more money into the program. And I was talking to Sam Schmidt, the team owner, the other day, and he was saying it's a dream come true. I mean, this is, this is what every team owner would ever want, is that they're going to have every resource they need in order to compete with Penske, Ganassi, and Andretti. And so... That's how that's how it could happen. If you if you're looking for a surprise championship contender, Hinchcliffe, Marcus Erickson, those two guys have a chance, have the resources to make it happen. Now I'm not saying I'm picking one of those guys <laughs> necessarily yet, but I definitely think that that's that's the way it happens. That's the avenue it could un- the way it can unfold. How about uh, Penske? Obviously, Will Power, uh, New Garden, just a champion two years ago, and then Pagano, who just who won the title back in 2016, but winless mm-hmm. last year. Uh, you know, who which one of those drivers you know needs to have the big year this year? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I would say, you know, Will Power is still kind of at the peak. It's, it's, it's funny, he's 38 years old, but I still think he's kind of in his racing prime. We saw mm-hmm. him win the 500 last year. So, I mean, after having won the 500, I don't think he needs to do anything. So, yeah, I think in terms of bounce-back years, you're looking for Pagano and Newgarden. Newgarden obviously has an incredible amount of talent, is very driven, very focused this year to, to make sure what happened last year, which was really just kind of a, a second-half tail-off. He had a really good start to the year. He won the first few races, or two of the, I think it was like two of the first few races and had one of uh, five of ten if you went back to his championship season in 2017 and then may came along and it wasn't a great may and from there on it was just kind of yeah just kind of not a really joseph newgarden like season and then simon pagino just never really got comfortable in the new car i mean really he struggled with the new with the new aero kit and mm-hmm. had some problems adjusting to it and uh but it's feeling a lot you know more confident going into this year roger penske was talking about that the other day saying how much how much better he thinks simon feels going into the season so both those guys need to have a bounce back year. Um, Simon, we've seen this before. I mean, his first year at Penske, he didn't do so well, didn't have any wins. And then the next year, he went just crazy, won five, won five races and won the championship pretty easily. So, you know, you could see him bouncing back like that again this year. And then over at Andretti Autosport, uh, Jim, I just love Alexander Rossi so much. I mean, the, his 500 <laughs> win, but just whenever I he, he just looks like he could just break through at any moment and just take over the sport. And, and I think it would be a great thing if he did for a, a, a young American driver like that to maybe just go on a run this year. But uh, really, I, I'd like he'd be my maybe not my favorite, but he'd be my sentimental pick for the championship this year. 
I picked him to win the championship, so you and I are on the same page. <laughs> I, uh, I, um, he's got everything you need. I mean, he's got the team. He's got the talent. He's got the determination. Last year, he doesn't like talking about it so much, but last year was a huge motivator for him when he mm-hmm. came up just short of, of Scott Dixon. And then it, it, it hurt. There was, he, he, he can retrace the steps. In fact, I made him do it the other day. The, the places last year where, he, where, where it kind of went awry for him. And mm-hmm. Everybody remembers Detroit where he kind of pushed a little too hard and, and uh, Ryan Hunter Ray ended up getting the win, and he ended up settling for a. a, a um, sorry, there's a lot of clapping going on in the background here. I'm not, <laughs> I hope that's for me. Um, no, it's so bright. He kind of pushed too hard. So. All right, we have seemed to have lost connection with Jim Aiello there over in St. Petersburg. That happens on race days when you get a lot of people. We'll uh, catch up with him. Uh, in in just a minute, um, we've got we're getting Jim right back on the line here. Derek is on top of it, and as soon as we get the thumbs up from Derek, we will go back to Jim in St. Petersburg. Jim, there we lost you for a second. They're talking oh, about Alexander about that. Ross. That's okay. Well, it must have been all that applause. Maybe broke it up. I don't know, but um, yeah, no, Alexander Ross. He said he's, he he went back and saw last year what kind of the places where the missteps were learned. That you know you have to be able to kind of settle for if you if you can't get a race win, he's going to push as hard as he can for a race win, but. If you're not going to have it, it's going to be okay to settle for a third, fourth, fifth, like Scott Dixon did last year. And that's, mm. that's how you put together a championship season. So I expect that kind of season from Alexander Rossi. And then another team and driver I want to ask you about, and maybe just uh, give us the, the primer overview on this, both this team and driver, because they're not really household names as of yet, but Harding Steinbrenner Racing and 18-year-old sure. Col- Colton Herta. Tell us about this group. Yeah, so Harding, Harding came into the, it was actually Harding Racing last year. They came into the, um, to the IndyCar season as kind of a, a new full-time team. They had raced at the 500 uh, at 2017, but at 2018 they came in with Gabby Chavez and, and had a lot to learn. And they had, some, they had some ups and downs, but eventually what they decided to do in order to kind of speed up and, as their progression was to team with um, one with uh, George Steinbrenner IV, the, great, the grandson of George Steinbrenner, the Yankees owner, and uh, the former Yankees owner, I should say. And the other thing they did... Um, was partner with Andretti Technologies as as to help out with their with their engineering, with their damper program, with all the things that can make them competitive faster. So between those two things, and then you get the, a talented kid like the, like Colton Herta, who's the son of Brian Herta. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, put those two things together, and all of a sudden, man, they're they're a team to watch. They really are. They're 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 really fun. They're really fast. And uh, we've seen Colton Herta have, like yesterday during qualifying even he had a chance at, at starting in the fast six it didn't mm-hmm. quite work out because he got penalized for uh, slowing up another car behind him just a little small rookie mistake but he'll learn from that and that won't be the last fast six he competes for that's for, that's for sure and uh, he, they had a preseason test at coda and he led three of the four sessions and what some some teams thought the car wasn't legit because the kid was so fast is that what happened yeah it, it, there was a car was a little bit light i guess when it was tested afterwards so that was a little bit interesting but i think as we've seen in the last day here, or last couple of days, is that the speed was legitimate. Maybe maybe that speed was a little faster than they should have been going or something like that, but I think this team has definitely got some speed this year, and they're going to compete. I mean, like I said, I don't think you can underestimate what teaming with um, Andretti Technology is going to do for them. That really does speed up the learning curve for, for a new team. While other teams like Carlin and, say, Dragon Speed and Meyerschenk Racing, they're all kind of doing it their own way. They're learning, they're learning as they go. This was this partnership really speeds up the process for a team like uh, for Harding Steinbrenner. Uh, last thing before you let you go, Jim, we didn't talk too much about today's race, but you know it's interesting. You got <laughs> Penske, Ganassi, and Andretti there in those first three rows. But uh, just real quick, what do you what do you think to expect to see in today's race at St. Petersburg? 
Yeah, oh, gosh, it's so hard to know, right? Because the last couple of years with Sebastian Bourdais coming from the back, rallying from behind and getting those wins. So yeah. uh, anything can happen here. There's been a bunch of uh, cars going into the walls. So if we start getting yellow flags and red flags, then that's going to be that could throw things off a little bit. But I think if you if we don't, if we see a clean race, you're going to see those six cars that you just mentioned up at the front. I made the bold prediction that uh, Scott Dixon, there's a lot Scott Dixon hasn't done in his career at this point, but one of them <laughs> is, uh, is win at St. Pete. He's never done it. And he's an 0 for 14. So I made the bold prediction that he breaks, he snaps that streak this year and gets the win. But uh, who knows? Like I said, it's been, it's been Bourdais from the back the last couple of years. So anything can happen. Jim, I always love your content over on the Indie Star website, but you've got some new content out there in the world, and it's a podcast with Connor Daly, yeah. IndyCar Weekly. Uh, I, I've listened to, to most of the episode, the premiere episode, but uh, very uh, a great job you guys are doing. I, I enjoy uh, Connor's insight on the IndyCar world. Thanks so much. Yeah, as I said, everybody kind of knows Connor as like he's a fan favorite driver around Indy and around the world after what he did on the Amazing Race for sure. But um, I think the thing that people are learning about Connor Daly is he's very, very smart driver, has a great insight, grew up in the sport, really just knows the environment so well. So to me, honestly, I'm looking forward to learning a lot about IndyCar, just talking to him every week, and I hope fans are too. Just search uh, IndyCar Weekly wherever you find your podcast and check that out. The premiere episode is now available. Jim, thanks so much for joining us on a, a busy race day morning. Enjoy the race at St. Petersburg. Enjoy the IndyCar season, and hopefully we'll catch up with you a little bit further down the uh, IndyCar schedule this year. Absolutely. Anytime. And then you enjoy the race, too. It should be a good one. Sounds good. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Jim Aiello from the Indianapolis Star. Indy Star Motorsports Insider covers the series. Uh, always on the beat there. He does a great job. And, uh, yeah, that podcast, really fun to hear uh, Connor Daly's takes. And he's uh, doesn't have a full-time ride, but uh, will be uh, attempting to qualify for the Indianapolis 500 in May as a driver for uh, uh, Andretti Autosport, one of those kind of one-off deals. Also, Fernando Alonso will once again attempt to qualify for the Indianapolis 500 uh, with uh, he and McLaren. Uh, they are going to team up with Carlin Racing this year instead of Andretti Autosport. And Alonso, who had a good shot at it last year till some mechanical issues, he will attempt to qualify again. Uh, Pippa Mann, another name uh, you might be familiar with, she is uh, also going to, uh, right now, uh, locked in to do uh, the Indianapolis 500 at least uh, further down the line. So that is coming up this afternoon over on uh, NBC, NBCSN. And uh, that'll be the first half of your race day. The other half will be NASCAR in Phoenix. And when we get back, we're going to talk about that with Woody Kane from the Motor Racing Network because we've got the race here on WGR coming up this afternoon. So that's coming up next here on Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Kevin Harvick, driver of the Jimmy John's Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. And NASCAR is at... Happy Harvick's one of his best tracks. He is a nine-time Phoenix winner, and uh, he leads the charge day at Phoenix ISM Raceway for today's Ticket Guardian 500. We'll have live coverage here on WGR starting at 2.30 this afternoon, courtesy of the Motor Racing Network. We're going to talk to Woody Kane from MRN in just a couple of minutes. Harvick, though, qualifying eighth for today's race as uh, Young Guns Ryan Blaney and Chase Elliott on the front row for today's race. Blaney, the Penske Ford will lead the field to green alongside Elliott. Joe Gibbs teammates Danny Hamlin and Kyle Busch in row two. Kyle Busch, another Xfinity Series win yesterday, and I think that's 198 for his career in NASCAR's top three series and I think 94th in his Xfinity Series career as he looks to get to the 200 win mark, which, again, isn't the same as Richard Petty, but still a great accomplishment, and it's fun ticking off people saying it's just as good as Richard Petty's 200 win. <laughs> but uh, still a, a remarkable career already for Kyle Busch. Row three, 
It'll be Brad Keselowski and Hendrick driver uh, Alex Bowman. Row four is William Byron and the aforementioned Mr. Harvick. Rounding out your top ten starters are the other two Joe Gibbs drivers, Martin Truex and Eric Jones. Uh, Daniel Hemrick continues to impress here early on for RCR with an 11th starting uh, qualifying spot today. Joey Logano right there. In 12th, Joey, of course, coming off the win at Vegas last week, holding off Brad Keselowski at the line to get his first win of his 2019 title defense. And uh, last week's race maybe disappointed some people. There was some flashes of brilliance, and there was some yeah, – the first stage was pretty freaking bad. But uh, the new aero package – it's a step in, in a process, and I think some people were expecting a lot more and were disappointed. I thought the first stage was no different than any other mile-and-a-half race we've seen in recent years, but the second stage, the first half of the second stage was really exciting, and the last uh, last stretch of the race with Brad catching Joey Logano uh, right there on the last lap was very good. So some mixed results last week at Vegas, and I think uh, that'll be a continuing process with the new aero package. Luckily, we don't take too much about Arrow today, but we're going to talk racing right now on the Western Hotline with Woody Kane of the Motor Racing Network. Woody, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Great to talk to you again. Hey, Dave. How are you? Doing well. Great to catch up with you. And first chance we've had a uh, first chance this evening we had a, to talk to one of you guys from the Motor Racing Network as we'll have the race here today on WGR with the pre-race coverage starting at two thirty. Today's uh, Ticket Guardian five hundred, Woody and. Uh, like I said, it, it's it's nice. I, I know there is a new aero package at Phoenix, but it's not going to be as big a storyline as it was last week in Vegas, thank goodness. Well, it'll be a little bit different because they'll get all the horsepower back. Remember the the, the progress of this. We first experimented with it uh, in the Xfinity side, but then when it came to the cup side in the all-star race last year, they cut it down from about 750-ish horsepower to 450-ish. Then we come to the iteration this year that's approximately 550 at tracks like Atlanta and Las Vegas. Here at Phoenix, we're going to have all the downforce with the body changes that they've done, plus the horsepower back, back up over 700. So that should make it really interesting as well. The speeds are going to be up so much, in fact, that Goodyear has kind of warned the teams about air pressure Mm -hmm. early in a run in their tires to make sure they don't overtax them. Yeah, I did see that notice that came out during the week because that that could mean a, a foreshadow one of those days where we see a lot of blown tires and you know guys getting upset at Goodyear. But re- like like you said, Goodyear tries to tell these teams, you know, hey, set your PSI right, or, or you won't have to go through this issue. Right, and that's something that uh, they they do to kind of say, look, we told you guys when we start to see any <laughs> issues. If we do, and that remains to be seen, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on today. Uh, Phoenix, uh, ISM Raceway, this, of course, will be the second race with the new configuration with the uh, the start-finish line in the old uh, turns one and two area there at ISM Raceway. And, and Woody, from last year's race in November and what we've seen so far this weekend and maybe what you've heard from drivers, has the reconfiguration changed the, the strategy for drivers and, and how they race the racetrack there in Phoenix? Maybe not in the long term over the course of a race, but it has particularly on restarts because they have so much more room. You know, when it was on uh, the old configuration, one and two was very narrow. They had to make sure they were in line to get there uh, before they got to that turn or we were going to have a big problem. Mm -hmm. Now they have all that room where they can dive down low, spread out around the track. Uh, The old three and four, which is now one and two, is wider so it does make for some, some more wildness on the restarts, and I think that's going to be the biggest factor 
in terms of the way that reconfiguration plays out today. Brad Keselowski said, in fact, going into uh, the last race there last year that he was thinking it was going to be, he just said it, a disaster, <laughs> and then said, I'm going to have to eat a little crow because he loved it, and most of the guys seem to be of that same opinion. Uh, looking at today's starting lineup, uh, a nice mix of uh, talent here uh, from some of the big teams. What do you expect for today's race? Who are some of the favorites we should keep an eye on today for, Woody? Kevin Harvick, Kevin Harvick, <laughs> Kevin Harvick. Uh, I mean, look, he's only won nine times, there, right? right? Nobody is really close to that. But a, a guy to keep an eye on, of course, is the guy who's red hot right now, Kyle Busch. He won the last race there last year under this reconfiguration that we yep. talked about. Uh, the race before that, this race a year ago, he finished second. So he's very good at Phoenix as well. And uh, kind of some surprising uh, power uh, after we've kind of spent the early part of the season wondering what was wrong with them. Hendrick Motorsports has mm-hmm. three of their cars in the top ten. Of course, Chase Elliott on the outside of the front row. And then uh, Alex Bowman, a Tucson guy. So it's a home game for him. And William Byron, Jimmy Johnson, starting back in the 15th spot. But uh, a little bit of speed there. Of course, we've seen so far, particularly uh, on the RCR side, that practice speed, qualifying speed, has not yet translated all that well to race speed. But this is a little bit of a different animal, so we'll see how that plays out. Then if you look at, if you're into the fantasy racing thing, a lot of guys look at the 10-lap averages from that final practice, and you see a lot of the usual suspects up there. But one guy who may surprise in that category to show some longer run speed is Eric Almarola. So keep an eye on him as well. Uh, Woody, uh, of course, the track at Phoenix has uh, led to some drama and some incidents uh, of pushing and shoving, especially that November race when tensions are really high headed to the championship race at Homestead. But uh, it's not often we see pushing and shoving after qualifying. We got a little bit of that between (laughs) Daniel Suarez and Michael McDowell. Uh, For the fans that weren't watching qualifying Friday, what happened there that, that set off Daniel Suarez and Michael McDowell there to have that shoving match? Okay, they've tweaked qualifying so that it's now more of a group-style qualifying like we used to see on the super speedways before we went back to single-car qualifying there, which to me is kind of like watching paint dry. (laughs) But anyway, that means you're trying to make sure you get out at the optimum time to get a draft from somebody in front of you, and it leads to this, this game of pulling down to the end of pit road and the guys are kind of looking at each other going, you go, no, you go, no, you go. (laughs) Well, then when they finally think they're going to get that lap and get it the way they want it, Michael McDowell and Daniel Suarez got tangled up in, in that Suarez felt like McDowell pulled in front of him to mess up his qualifying lap. And then McDowell was upset because he felt like that Suarez tried to block him or thump him a little after that. So Suarez goes walking up to him to talk about it. And then, as they say, uh, used to say in the old TV guide, mayhem ensued. <laughs> yeah, and, there and was... the funny thing is, Suarez had an appearance at the track this morning yep. with a wrestler that was previously That's right. planned. So, <laughs> I mean, how could that have worked out any crazier? Yeah, Daniel Suarez and, and uh, WWE legend Rey Mysterio were appearing together at the racetrack this weekend too. On top of it, so I wonder if uh, uh, Ray loaned Daniel his uh, his lucha mask. <laughs> For, today, for today's driver deductions because they're right together in the starting lineup, Woody, and, and so Michael and Daniel have to spend driver deductions uh, riding around the track together in that same truck for driver intros. Yeah, isn't that the way it always seems to happen when guys have a problem, they get stuck right next to each other or in the same truck during the ride-around? Um, however, yesterday NASCAR called both of the guys to the yeah. hauler, uh, talked to them about it, and they talked about five minutes uh, on their own after that, so we expect that all that, at least in their minds, is in the past. But as we've seen, 
Uh, race car drivers have short memories, so it won't take much of a spark to this <laughs> gasoline to make that thing flare up again, I suspect. What do you make uh, – this is a big year for Daniel. I mean, he had a couple seasons at JGR, maybe didn't go as well as he'd wanted, but, of course, kind of he was thrown into the mix after Carl Edwards' retirement. Here he's starting fresh with Stuart Haas Racing, but I'm sure he wants to make a good impression. Uh, what do you make of what this young man has to do this season? Well, a couple of things jump out at you there. He even said, as you did, that he wasn't quite ready uh, when that unexpected retirement from Carl Edwards came. Uh, they had hoped to keep him on the Xfinity side for a little bit longer. And if you think way back, it's kind of the same thing that happened to Joey Logano yeah. uh, back in the day when he got pushed up into the cup seat before he was quite ready. Joey says now he wouldn't trade that experience for anything, and I suspect Daniel is the same way. He said they just never could quite get the feel they were looking for when he was in that JGR equipment. I kind of I equate it to what happened with Eric Almarola last year. Remember, he had been with Richard Petty Motorsports, mm-hmm. and they had really struggled and had not gotten the speed they wanted. He goes into a, a Stuart Haas racing car and makes the playoffs, does very well, uh, darn near won the Daytona 500. I see a similar trajectory for Daniel Suarez. I, I really like his talent. I think he's a, a good guy. He's uh, got a, a lot going for him, and I think we're going to see good things from him all season long. Don't be surprised if he turns out to be a playoff guy. Yeah, well, right now it's obviously very early, only three races into the regular season, but right now 18th in the standings uh, through the first three races on the outside looking in, but still a lot of time to go in this regular season. Woody Kane, uh, of course, again, we're going to have the race here on WGR today. What can race fans look forward to during pre-race coverage and today's broadcast of the uh, Ticket Guardian 500 when they listen to it here on WGR? Well, the one thing that's really cool is our our newest booth anchor, Alex Hayden, who is a longtime uh, pit road reporter and has done a lot of turn work and some booth work for the truck and Xfinity races, has a sit-down interview with Joey Logano that I'm really looking forward to. Everything I've heard, I wasn't uh, in the room when they did the interview, mm-hmm. but everything that I've heard says Joey was really open, talked a lot about the, the Penske way, uh, some stuff about his young son Hudson uh, starting to get interested in cars, and that's going to be uh, something that's really, really special as well. We've also got a little feature, a fun one, uh, looking at – Spring training baseball, a lot of the guys are fans of other sports. Some are not, like Joey Logano, for example. But uh, Kurt Busch, remember, a couple of years ago, was pursuing that bucket list of visiting all the Major League Baseball stadiums. So we got some fun stuff there from guys talking about with spring training coming up and being in Arizona where a lot of the teams have their spring training camps to talk about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I love Kurt Busch when he goes to those other sports. I know he's a big Cubbies fan. Uh, the thing he did with the the Golden Knights there in Vegas when he was yeah. on the NBC on hockey broadcast, that was a ton of fun watching him uh, there and listening to him between the benches with Pierre Maguire on that broadcast on NBCSN. Yeah, a lot of fun. And those guys really get into it. You know, we've seen many guys over the years be called upon to do uh, the first pitch at a baseball stadium when the races happen to be in the same town where there's an M- MLB game. Uh, a lot of guys aren't so much fans of other sports, Mm -hmm. but a lot are. Like, for example, uh, Austin Dillon and Ty Dillon have this big war in fantasy football going on, and they're huge fans of the Carolina Panthers and and other sports as well, like uh, uh, the Dillons are big Braves fans, for example. So a lot of the guys dabble in other sports and really take that to heart when they get a chance to meet some of the athletes and other uh, forms of competition and kind of pick their brains a little bit and learn something from them. And the, the guys in the other sports do the same with the race car drivers. It's really kind of interesting to see that dynamic in play. And poor TJ Majors, Joey Logano sponsor. He's a Buffalo Bills fan. 
yeah, go figure. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are you going to do? But uh, they're off to a really good start. Team Penske as a whole already. Both of their cars have already, uh, in terms of Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski, have won. Yep. Ryan Blaney on the pole today. Mm-hmm. They really got it going on here in the early part of the season. And a brand-new Mustang. And remember the troubles that Chevy had last year with the Camaro on the early part of the season. We'll see and hear how it plays out today on WGR, courtesy of the Motor Racing Network. Ticket Guardian 500 coming up at 2.30 this afternoon. Woody, thanks so much for the time this morning. Always great to chat with you, and hopefully we can do it again later this season. You bet, Dave. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Woody. Woody Kane from the Motor Racing Network. And, again, they'll have flag-to-flag coverage of today's race here on WGR. And um, where was I going to go with that? I was I had to throw in the joke there because of uh, – of all the fans of all the different sports, but TJ Majors, uh, of course, Western New York native, being a Bills fan. Oh, Kurt Busch. And if you didn't see it, he, he they, had a, they did a Vegas Golden Knights game in NBCSN and, of course, Peter McGuire between the benches. And then Kurt Busch was there. He, they they cranked the big horn before the game like they do there in Vegas, and he spent a period between the benches with Pierre and had him on the headset on the broadcast. And so I thought since I, between the benches for our Buffalo Bandits broadcast here on ESPN 1520 and WGR, can I get a NASCAR driver to to spend maybe a half of Bandits lacrosse between the benches with me? I thought that'd be fun. I try, you know, I told the folks at Watkins Glen, let's make it happen. I don't think it's gonna, but that'd be cool. I, it's a totally different world. You, you watch a game on a sport on TV or from a press box or in the stands, and then to be, if you've never played the sport like I have, to be down there between the benches like I get to do for the band, it's, 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 very, it's an eye-opening experience, and uh, it, it's definitely what a way to, to watch a sport, any kind of sport up close and personal like that, but I thought it was cool when Kurt Busch did that with uh, Pierre Maguire, and again, I'd love to take an, any NASCAR driver that wants to come spend a half of Bandits lacrosse with me between the benches. That'd be a lot of fun. All right, we get back. We'll wrap up this edition of Fast Track. Uh, we'll talk about the racing this weekend in Syracuse for the TQ Midgets indoors. Andy Jankowiak, who we had on the show last week, one of the Western New York drivers that went to Syracuse this weekend. We'll talk about how they did when we get back here on Fast Track on WGR. This is Kyle Busch driving the number 18 m Toyota. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. Kyle Busch denied the weekend sweep at Vegas uh, last weekend with Joey Logano's win in the Cup Series after Kyle won on Friday and Saturday. Kyle looked to bounce back today at Phoenix and ISM Raceway for today's race again. 2.30 live coverage starts here on WGR Green Flag uh, just after 3.30. Again, racing in Syracuse this weekend indoors at the New York State Fairgrounds, the uh, indoor TQ Midgets Championships. As uh, we talked about that last week with Andy Jankowiak, Friday night action, uh, NASCAR modified driver Justin Bonsignor, who uh, we've had on the program in the past, picked up the win over Ransomville's Eric Rudolph. Timmy Salamito rounded out the top three. Andy Jankowiak finished fifth. Uh, then you had uh, Bliss's Jeremy Hodricourt in 10th. Lockport's Jonathan Reed finished 15th. Uh, Timmy Catalano finishing 22nd. Kyle Hutchinson making, uh, I think, his first ever indoor start, the former outdoor NYPA TQ Midget champ. Driving for John Casey, finished 25th in his first time uh, indoors, I believe, with the TQ Midgets. And then last night's action, Eric Rudolph picked up the feature win and uh, locked up the uh, Indoor Series Championship with that win. Another championship for Eric indoors. He got the win. Tommy Catalano finished third. Andy Jankowiak was in fourth. Uh, Jeremy Hodricourt finished 11th. Sean Nye from Lancaster was 16th. Patrick Emerling. Uh, the race of champions, former series champion, uh, rolled his car over in the B main on Friday, but made the A main 
on Saturday, finished 17th. Scott Cruder driving for Trey Hoddick, finished 18th. Jonathan Reed uh, in 20th. Tim Nye, the former Western New Yorker, now living down south uh, of the Nye family with uh, brothers uh, Sean and Andy. He uh, finished 24th in the Saturday feature, so plenty of Western New York talent in the A-Main both nights. Eric Rudolph, as I said, winning the series championship this year. Andy J finished second in the standings, but 70 points back of Eric. Uh, Justin Bonsignor rounded out the top three. Eddie Strada and Matt Janish, a regular on the TQ circuit uh, from over in uh, Long Island and New Jersey, uh, round up the top five in TQ series points. So uh, it looked like from a social media, good turnout both nights there over in Syracuse. It was a great weekend. Very cool deal they put together there. On course, this weekend, as I said, the Motorsports Expo, uh, which has been the traditional March car show there at the New York State Fairgrounds for racing enthusiasts in western and central New York. And then they brought in this TQ race on top of it. So you already had a built-in audience of tons of racing people that already come to Syracuse this time of year for the Expo. And then to add that race on top of it, just uh, great planning and great promotion by everybody involved there. So it was a great, great week. I know lots of people on my social media feeds from this area that are race fans uh, went to go check out the show and the racing this weekend. And uh, a lot of people uh, had a great time. And again, it looked like a nice uh, setup they had there, a temporary setup inside one of the uh, bigger, uh, newer buildings there at the New York State Fairgrounds. Hopefully someday we can get an indoor race back here in Western New York. As, uh, of course, we talked about with Andy last week, the old indoor shows at Niagara Falls. And speaking of Eric Rudolph, I remember... Uh, of course, announcing the last year we ran indoors in Niagara Falls. Eric won a go-kart race. Uh, he was, I don't know, all of, what, six or eight years old back then. And, uh, of course, uh, such a talented third-generation driver with the Super Dirt Car Series and used to run on the pavement as well, too. But uh, his uh, he is maybe one of the all-time greats when it comes to uh, the indoor TQ midget racing uh, throughout the Northeast. We did get some good news for uh, local uh, pavement racing outdoors this week. Uh, the Race of Champions announced that they, along with uh, Jeff Demink, have partnered up. They will run a six-race promotion at the Spencer Speedway this year, including three dates for the Race of Champions Modified Series. Uh, they'll have six total dates on Friday nights in all at Spencer, uh, as uh, that track was in danger of not hosting any events this season. But the uh, folks from the Race of Champions and Jeff Demink will lease the facility from John White for those six events. There was some Lancaster news this week, but concerning Paul Cambria, it was all over the 2, 4, and 7, although really not new news for anybody that's been on top of that story. But uh, he has been in talks with Gordon Rieger and Rieger Holdings to purchase Lancaster Speedway, but that's all it's been is talk so far. And uh, as we get later here into March, uh, unfortunately, things not looking great. Still not dead yet, but obviously there needs to be some kind of traction here in the before the the snow totally melts if we're going to see any racing at Lancaster this year, unfortunately. And then the folks at Hill, uh, Hillside and Holland having their issues as well too. Uh, they had had a driver registration meeting scheduled for today that it was canceled. They've had to switch uh, program directors there, and uh, unfortunately. Both of those facilities are having some issues here for a 2019 season. At least the Hillside uh, facility does have a schedule plan for this year, and they've got various series coming in along with their weekly divisions, but still a little bit of trouble uh, just getting their program uh, fully in place for this upcoming season. We'll see how it all plays out, and I hope if there is any good news here in the coming weeks, we'll certainly talk about it here on Fast Track. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week here with more as NASCAR heads to Fontana, California next weekend, wrapping up the West Coast Road Trip at Auto Club Speedway. And uh, we'll talk about that and more here next week on Fast Track on WGR. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.